Okay, hi. Um, happy Rosh Chodesh, first of all. It's Aleph Shvat, which is a very exciting month, first of all, but also just exciting. It's Rosh Chodesh in and of itself. Um, so, okay, I always like, it seems obvious to me that the Tanya of the day, like, Hashkacher practice is real. You know what I mean? So, like, for, there's always connection. It doesn't always mean that, like, you have to, like, like my Mashbi always tells me, she's like, you don't make your decisions based on Hashkacher practice. Like, you don't, like, oh, the bird flew this, and so I'll do that. But at the same time, like, I was like, as when I was learning today's Tanya, I was like, there's got to be some connection to it being Rosh Chodesh Shvat, Yid Shvat's coming up, the Rebbe becoming Rebbe, like, and I was like, ah. And then it turns out it's very connected, which is cool. But anyways, where are we coming from? We've been talking about, essentially what I'm realizing more and more every day is that, the, you know how Tanya's called Sefer Shal Beinanim? That's actually what it is. <laughs> like, literally, thus far, including this one, like, every chapter, and I didn't even know this about Tanya until I'm really going through each t- chapter in depth, but literally what the Altar is doing is the Altar is setting us up to really understand in, like, an internal, actually, like, getting it way. Not just, like, oh, I get what it's supposed to be. It's, like, I get what it actually means and what it actually means to my life. And what am I getting? I'm getting what it actually means to be a vanity. And what that means, like what that matters to me that I'm getting to know what it actually means to be a Bainani is that like a Bainani is who I am created to be. It's, it's, my, it's my inner DNA of potential, basically. It's like the person that I can be in this world and that, I'm, that I ought to be in this world, you know? And literally every chapter that the altar is going through is like the context for what it means to be a Bainani and how, first of all, how to be a Bainani, but it's more than like step-by-step step how. It's like, what it, what, it, what is the inner world of a Bainani actually look like? And Altar is teaching us, like, get to, like, reframe your definition of your own inner world. Because once you do that, then you can actually, like, become aware of, like, what you're meant to be doing in yourself. And and how you're meant to be growing and how you're meant to be approaching your own self because when you have a not when you're not when you're not seeing yourself clearly it's very hard to actually like navigate your own inner world it's just bunch, it's just like messy and chaotic but the altar is literally telling us like this is what your inner world looks like this is what your inner world can look like this is how to get from what you look like now to where you could get like it's just literally a map of our own life anyways i thought that was pretty cool like literally safer shall be okay anyways where are we coming from basically so we've been talking about the bainani then this, this chapter the altar was kind of st- last chapter the altar but last chapter and the chapter before last chapter the altar was talking about this concept of like tavuna and basically how you can actually use your mind to access this inner state of capital S self, this inner state of God consciousness, unity consciousness, awareness of like your self, not only as, okay, wait, backtrack for a second, because maybe we're not, I've been using these, this kind of language for the past week, <laughs> but if you haven't been listening, then it's the essential, the essentialness of a Bainani, what a Bainani is, is it, we're going to go through Tzadik, Russia, and Bainani, okay, just it's important to know this for the sake of this whole conversation. Sadik, in one sentence, and the altar says the sentence a lot, Sadikim 
libam birshisam. Their hearts are in their control, meaning their heart, their emotional reactivity to life, their their triggers, their the the stories that they make up about the world around them, the, the everything that kind of makes us human, all the parts of us. It's in their control. What's they? Their godly soul. So their whole inner experience is in complete and complete and complete alignment with their godly soul. What is godly soul? Godly soul is connectedness. It's the truth that God is one and that everything is God and that everything is good and everything is love and it's all okay, right? So a tzaddik, their whole heart is aligned with that state. Arusha is the complete opposite. Arusha, the, the, the pasuk the altar keeps using, it's a very clear pasuk. The Arusha, Birshus Libam. They are controlled by their heart. Meaning, they have this enormously loud voice of parts, of this consciousness of separateness, which stems from the animal soul. It starts as an emotional feeling inside, and it leads to actually stories that the Russia creates in his mind. We do this all, this is my life. <laughs> leads to stories that I create in my mind. I'm not good enough. The future is going to be bad. Anxiety thoughts, loneliness thoughts. People are judging me. I need to be angry. Whatever it is, all this consciousness of separateness thoughts. But the state of Russia is that I am controlled by those experiences. It's not that like I see them and I, no, no, no. It's like they are me. I am them and they are me. I don't have a separateness between me, myself and them. I literally am those voices inside of my head. Um, and you don't even know that they're voices inside of your head. It's like I am anxious and I ought to be anxious because the world is actually terrible. Cool. Um, anyways, last chapter, which was my favorite chapter of like all time. I couldn't believe I was reading when I was reading. Alter basically said that the way to become not a Russia, the first step for a Russia, is to feel fully the pain, <laughs> because like he called, he kept on saying like to break the Russia's heart. The Russia's heart has to be broken, and uh, my whole life I never really understood that because I thought it just meant like be hard on yourself but it's not it's it's the biggest I mean, it's such an obvious concept if you in if you've ever been to therapy you probably understand this and if you ever like have any context for like psychology it's like it's like i explained it's like that state of being in the therapist's office and that person is just saying like all these words are coming out and it's like they're just talking about their whole inner experience of all these voices of pain of separateness but it's like they they are those voices and they don't they don't even really feel much because it's this inner experience of when you're so attached to the inner parts it's like you can't even feel them because it because you think you are them and they're so big if you feel them then you're just going to be overwhelmed and die basically and what the altar is saying is the first step to arusha is don't be afraid to feel fully the voices in your head because when you do, when you say, wow, I have this part of me that's saying that I am ugly, or I have this part of me that's saying that life is bad, or that the future is not going to be okay, or that whatever it is that your inner voices are saying, when you can feel it fully, then you can actually hold it and say like, wow, I have this inner experience. And then, dun, 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 dun. And then we have to start actually today's Tanya because we're going to run out of time. But then what the Russia can get led right into is the state of Bainani. What's the state of Bainani? A state of Bainani is somebody who says, I have two hands to hold two experiences. In one hand, I hold all my parts, meaning 
I, I'm, I have the triggers. I have the parts of me that say that the, all the consciousness of separateness stuff, all the animal soul, crazy talk of life, of not okayness, of loneliness, of all of it. I see it all. I have it all. It's all in. It's all there. But I also have access to a state of self. Awareness. Yes, it's awareness. Not only awareness. Awareness of parts is the first step, and then the second step is of a bainani. The real like cruncher of what a bainani is is the bainani is literally sitting in the seat of his godly soul, and from that seat, from that state of self, he can actually manage his whole inner world. He can actually say, "Wow, I I can actually approach my parts now, <laughs> and I can actually deal with my triggers and go towards them." Because they're not in control of me, I am in control of them. Not in control of them in the way of a tzaddik, of that they don't even exist, but in control of them, of I can actually hold them. And that's the difference between being an tzaddik in Russia. Today, Tanya, we've been talking about um, basically the fact that we've all learned this park, the parak in high school a million times, this parak about like Abhimsu Terrace. We, yeah. Um, but basically, essentially, what inner love of God means, and we're going to talk about it more, but it's basically an inner awareness. Like, love of God is equivalent to awareness of the unity of God. It's, just, it's the same thing. It's this inner deep knowing of, it's, it's this inner state, about the way the Altar said it yesterday, is where the orange soap is shining in your soul. And basically, what Altar is saying is that. You don't have to do anything to... You, okay. I'm so, like, scattered because I like I'm trying to teach the whole Tanya in, like, a second right now. Okay, Hana, take a, st- take a second. I'm going to take a second. Take a sip of coffee. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And it's, the crazy thing is that it's a lot, but it's also, like, all the same thing. But it's also a lot. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just, like, I read this a hundred times, like, all there is, it's like one message, really, you know, but just, basically, Dr. said very simply, he's like, I'm telling you guys to be a Bainani, right, I'm telling you guys to hold both of those, as- those components, to hold all your parts, and to hold that state of self, Dr. was like, what if there's a guy who comes over to me and says, I can't access that state of self, I don't know how to get it. And until now, the author said that the way to get it is to use our minds and to meditate and and to like really like ponder the unity of God and be like, wow. But the author now is like, well, what if I tried that, but I still don't have access to that inner state of self? And now what the author is giving us is this other route because we said very clearly, the, the Pasuk says this is close to you. It's not a faraway thing. And the altar is now basically giving us, giving us another route to access that state of self. Yesterday's chapter, yesterday's, the first half of this parak, the altar told us very clearly that state of self isn't something that you deserve. It's not something that you need to work for. It's not something that you need to do anything to, to get. It's inside of you now. Where is it inside of you? It's inside of the sphere of Chachma in your soul. Okay? Inside of the Chachma of your soul shines this luminous orange soul light. 
and what we're going to talk about today is why that state of self shines through your Chachma. Why Chachma? Why not Bina? Why not Chesed? Why not Gevura? Why specifically in Chachma can this state of self shine so luminously all the time? And what we're going to see is that through accessing that state of Chachma, which is something that we are actually able to access independent of ability or comprehension of Chassidus or anything, but when you access that state of Chachma, then you can actually access that inner state of self, which is key to being able to be a Bainani. Because if I can't access that state of self, it's very hard to be a Bainani. Literally, the nature of Bainani is somebody who needs to be able to, otherwise, <laughs> like, you can't hold your parts unless you have yourself. It's being like, it's being like that a babysitter that doesn't have any maternal in- instincts to try to manage a house full of, hundred kids that don't belong to her it's like it's not going to work to really be able to hold the fullness of who we are which is what the author was saying we need to be doing as a bainani we need to have access to that state of self which is one which is a shiningness of god and shiningness of the unity of god so wants to hold everything can hold everything because it's aware that it's all part of her just like that mother can hold all her children because she's aware that they're all part of her okay so why does chachma hold the Aryan Sof? Why does Chachma hold this, this intense power of capital S self inside of our souls? Okay. Chachma, we're going to talk about what some Chachma is for a second. Chachma is the source of wisdom and understanding. It's higher than Bina, which is the actual understanding of the wisdom. It's higher than them, and it's a source of them. If you want to put it in really simple language, I literally on my, I was learning this last night before my flight, and then I landed this morning at like 6 a.m. But like this morning and like all plane ride, I kept on like, because I started learning this last night before my flight, but then for the past like 10 hours, however long it's been, I kept on like. Re- I kept on like re-understanding what Chachma is based on what Altar was saying and the words that I came up with and I think I may have gotten it from the very newsbound I only thought of it literally this morning but I think it was in my mind because of her so thank you um, Chachma is noticing Chachma is the state of when you can see something without making a story about what it is it's and like just this next paragraph it's the power of what like chachma the words can literally be separated into it's the understanding of that of, of not understanding it's that which is not understood and it's not drawn into understanding yet okay so what does that mean it's like the simple way of understanding it, like we've always said it, is like the, the initial flash of wisdom, that moment when you first get an idea, right? That's always what we understand Chachma, and that is a good way of understanding it, but it's, what it also is, is it's the moment of, of the life, a moment in your day when you look at something and I, I'm just seeing it. I'm not making a story about it. Pink water bottle. Not pink water bottle that I like and that I bought for $10 on Amazon and that I wish had a straw but doesn't and you know what I mean? That's Bina. 
Bina is the second step of like the story that I make about something. Chachma is the noticing of what I am experiencing in the moment. Chachma is literally its complete presence. It's curious curiosity of the present moment. And the moment that it goes into more than that, you're already in a state of Bina. The moment you leave noticing and enter into judging, and not judging in a, in a way of like judgmentalism. Sometimes it's judgmentalism, but sometimes it's just like the judgment about something. Like you're, you're more than just seeing it. You're now understanding it. That's Bina versus Chachma. God is specifically present in Chachma. Why? <coughs> For that reason, God is able to be in Chachma because God cannot be understood at all. So it would only make sense that an unknowable being can only be completely revealed in something that is not knowing, that is not story-making, because God is essentially beyond story. Trigger warning. <laughs> That's why all Jews, even the women and the illiterate, can believe in God and believe in this. So one second, I was thinking about it. And I was thinking, at first I was also like, come on, Alter, I'm not going to be able to back you up on this. But then I thought about it and I was like, how often do I do that to myself? Like, how often do I put myself in the category of just woman? I do it to myself, too. It's like, it's like there is, we are coming from a time in history where women really did know less. And were really unlearned, you know? And, like, clearly the Alter Rebbe didn't believe in that. Like, he literally taught his daughters a lot. Obviously, the Alter Rebbe believed that women should be learned. But... The, at the end of the day, like the times were that women didn't believe it about themselves. It was like, not, they didn't believe it about themselves because of the times. It wasn't like their fault, you know what I mean? But I was just thinking, like, it's like a reminder. Like, check, your, check our self-talk about being women. Like, make sure that you're not just putting yourself in the category of, like, I'm a, women's, I'm a woman, so I can't access whatever state of intelligence or awareness or power or whatever it is that you want to, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, even a woman, like, don't, you're not, you're not unaccountable for any of this. But you know? that line kind of like seems to say that even women can access Chachma, but they might not be able to access Bina Das. You know what I'm saying? Oh, interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if Valtara does mention. <laughs> like, we can access this like cop out way. Like, but, this is like, we're maminim b'nei maminim. Right. Everyone has that. Everyone can do that. But, you know, the more thought-out process of being at us. I don't know if the altar really continues to, when the altar speaks about being I have no answer because I personally got very triggered by this. So I'm right. like, no, I like, was, I like, I thought it through enough until I came up with that. And then I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. One thing I do know is that the altar is literally the next line. Like this state, I said before, it's a cop-out state, but it's not. Like this is a higher state of being than Bina and Das. Like, so I, mean, I, I said the word. Shehamuna, yeah. But to access Chachma is not easy. Like I would just, and then we're just going to do the rest inside, but 
literally on my walk here, I was like thinking about the Tanya, and I was like feeling really tired. And I noticed I was like really hunchbacked and like just like not looking very like lively. And I noticed that my mind was automatically going to the what is the world around me thinking about me and what if I see somebody that I know and all these thoughts. And then I realized like I'm in a state of Bina right now. I'm in a state of story. I'm literally in a state of parts telling a story. But then I was like, wait a second. Like, let me try to access our self, shining my soul through tapping into my chachma. And then I took took a step back and I was like, let me just actually notice what's happening instead of my story about what's happening. And when I took a step back and I let myself go up into chachma, it was literally like, uh, I noticed my whole body become a little different, first of all. But then suddenly it was just like a girl walking. A tired girl walking. (laughs) And like my soul was shining. Like literally that was my, I felt myself. My capital S self. And like, that was the hard thing. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, to get into Chachma isn't easy. So I feel like if we can get into Chachma, then for sure the altar was like, of course, getting into Bina and Das is obvious. The altar didn't say that that even the women could get into Bina Wait, okay, let's take a break from this woman thing because I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, In relation to literally the infinity of God, we're all fools, meaning that it's impossible to really understand it. So the only way we can have access to it is in a state that's beyond understanding. I am foolish and ignorant. I am like an animal before you. And I am constantly with you. This means the fact that I am like a fool and an animal. Because I am, I let myself get into that state that's beyond my projections, essentially, and beyond my story. That's why I'm able to be constantly with God. That's why even people that are living in a complete state of disconnectedness, they have no time in their life, okay? they have no time in their life that they're like, oh, I am in tune with the unity of God. They're literally completely, they're living completely disconnected lives. But when push comes to shove, they're going to suffer instead of, or die instead of, Say no to the say instead of deny God's unity. They are ignorant of God's greatness. They don't know it. They definitely are not aware. And even if they do know a little bit, they aren't like deep into the intellectualness of it. They didn't die because they learned Chasidis. <laughs> And they didn't die after Hashem because of anything other than that state that's beyond knowing. They died without knowing God at all. Without any reason or rational argument. How did they come to do this? They, they did this because the one God illuminates and emanates the soul of every person 
through being clothed in, our, in its faculty of Chachma, which is beyond the grasp of any person, and beyond any understanding of that state. It's so, that was the end of chapter Yochas. Just very quick, what my opinion, I think what has to do with Rish Chaydash Shvat is that we're about to go into Basilagani, right? Yishvat. And literally the entire concept of Basilagani, like even even just Basilagani, that concept, the Daltar is saying like, don't be so sure of your perception of the world. To you, it looks like a jungle. That's true. It's going to look like a jungle to you. But like, take a step back from being so sure about, your, about the story that you're saying about the world and about yourself. Take a step back from being so sure of your Bina. And let yourself like, go a little bit higher into your Chachma. Because when you can... It's like, story, wow, the world looks like a jungle because of this and because of that, because of this and because of that. Chachma is like, what am I actually just noticing? What am I noticing? I'm sitting in a room right now, surrounded by love. Noticing. Story, leave it to the side for a second. And it doesn't mean that you just like deny story, but it means that you can just say like, you know what? There are moments in my day where I can elevate myself to a state of Chachma and be in a state of noticing instead of judging. And notice in those moments of just noticing um, if I can feel godly godly light like surging through my soul because I officially that's what Aldera says happens and I think it's so beautiful that when you're in a state of Chachma you're connecting with the whole Jewish nation whoa that's so cool because it's the state we all share wow that's so cool wow and you're connecting with the fullness of who you are. That was in the last, in the beginning of this chapter. Alter said that that state of Chachma inside of you is actually present, is enclosed within every other part of you. From your head to, your, to the idea of your feet. Meaning from the idea of the highest, most sublime spiritual part of you to this part of you that are the most lowest corporal part of you. So, it's like, and it's actually, right. And that's why I think that when we enter that state of Chachma, we literally become calm. <laughs> because there's no part of us that's like fighting it anymore. It's just like, 